It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Um, one of the first things that I'm going to, I'll just give you a little, as I like to give sort of like a a little outline of what we're going to be covering in the, in the show today. And first I'm going to talk about a book that was written by a colleague of mine, Corey Silverberg. The book is entitled Sex is a Funny Word. It's outstanding. I read it on Saturday morning. Quick read, but it is phenomenal for parents who want to have a conversation about bodies and, you know, not so much, you know, sex per se, but with seven to ten-year-olds. And I'll cover a little bit of that. Then also, uh, last week, I spoke of the seven things that make a relationship work and then the seven things to avoid. I'm going to quickly go over those again because I'm answering um, a letter from a woman who said, I just ended another relationship or I thought I was in one. And as much as I want to be in, they always seem to end. And, and I don't know, is there any wisdom on how to make things last? So I wrote out the five steps for creating your ideal relationship. Five really simple steps. Then I would like to talk about loss. And here's the thing that people often don't address when they're looking at relationships. They're looking at losing love, they're looking at losing, you know, the, the sexual partner that they have, they don't address loss. And that is something that we as human beings, we are quite wacky. We just don't even, this is one of the most natural, normal things that occurs in our lives, but we have so little permission to, I mean, if we don't, sex and death are the two things we really don't talk about. Isn't that crazy? And yet... For all of us, it's usually something that's going to happen to all of us. Hello, thank you. And what I look at is how people get all tongue-tied or they, they sort of go into this, oh, um, I have to say something that I think is going to sound good. But in all actuality, it isn't what the person wants to hear. They want to hear something that is real for them. And... My best friend has educated me on this one very well and that I learned, hey, I know I don't have to know what to say because I don't know how she's feeling. And another friend of mine who lost her husband four months ago, she said people will come up and say the craziest things to her and there's someone who didn't even know her husband. 
and yet they feel, and all it does is it's kind of, it's very derailing for her. So I want to talk about that. But first, let me go ahead and talk to you about this book. And I ordered it online, and the title of it again is Sex is a Funny Word. And the reason he, Corey wrote it, and it's written in a style, and it's got, it's cartoon-like to a certain extent. So it has very little um, gender identity, thank God. It has things where, so in other words, it doesn't say when a boy is born with a penis. It says if a person is born with a penis. So it doesn't automatically say you're going to be called a boy. And, you know, there, there are times when I, when I do admit I do get a little tired of, you know, the um, political correctness of people because it's like, oh, come on, get over your bad self. But there's also times when it is something that, there's no, the binary thing of male-female, thankfully, is no longer the case. So I'm just coming and picking up my coffee. So the, it, sex is a funny word, and he is, um, he's the author and the illustrator is Fiona Smith. So it's a book about bodies, feelings, and you. So if, and how it's been set up is almost like a question like, you sit and read the book, and then what you do is there are questions at the end of something. And as, as Corey writes, learning about sex is kind of like visiting a carnival or a fair. It can be fun, it can be strange, and sometimes a little, you know, scary. But what this book talks about is it has four main characters, one who's a little more out there, one who's very bookish, one who, you know, is the brilliant kid, Another who's the person who knows it all. And then the other who is gender, you know, querying and not sure. But at the end of each chapter, you'll find questions for what you want to think about. Um, if you want, you can share your answers with someone you trust, maybe the person who gave you this book. But then it asks you, who are the people that you trust in your life? And it isn't that the important thing for me as a sex educator this is a phenomenal tool to have people start having conversations. And that was, you know, their, their, their main intention is that it includes children and families of all makeup, orientations, and gender identities. Sex is a Funny Word is an essential resource about bodies, gender, and sexuality for children from ages 7 to 10, as well as their parents and caregivers. Much more than just the facts of life or the birds and the bees, sex is a funny word. Opens, it opens up the conversations between young people and their caregivers in a way that allows the adults to, you know, to convey their values and their beliefs while also you know, providing information, but it also listens to what the, the children are hearing and saying because sometimes, you know, there's... Uh, You'll hear something where you be like this, really, I had no idea that that's what they were thinking. So this is a follow-up book to the Lambda-nominated book, What Makes a Baby, that uh, Corey Silverberg and Fiona Smith uh, had written before. So uh, it's got great little graphics in it. It also walks you through uh, magic touch. It walks you through the things of people saying, the silent touch. I believe it's called silent touch. And this is when someone secret touching. 
that's when someone is touching you and that makes you have to hold it as a secret because you know they know they're doing something they shouldn't be. So for any of you, I'm going to see if I can get Corey on as um, a guest and have him go through this and through his uh, previous book on what makes a baby. He's an excellent sex educator and uh, a fellow Canadian. He is. Uh, he and his wife currently are now in Houston with their daughter. He um, uh, came from Toronto, and Zoe was previously at, I believe it was Columbia, but they're now down in Houston, and he is an at-home dad looking after their daughter. But his month, one thing that he wants is that he does not want people to feel labeled just because of their body parts. So any of you are interested or looking for a book for uh, to have, and, and you know what? This is not just a book for 7 to 10-year-olds. Trust me. When I read this, this is something that someone who is 14, 24, 34, 44, 54 can look at and do a review for yourself because when you're looking at what you want in relationship and what you want to contact with your, you know, come in contact with your heart and your body, you want to be clear about what your value system is. And that's really the powerful message that comes from sex is a funny word. Again, by Corey Silverberg. I ordered it on Amazon, got it like in two days. Excellent. So going back to what we spoke of last week, I just wanted to do a quick review here that the seven things that make a relationship work. It is gratitude, it's respect, it's honesty, it's shared history, it's having a future you look at together, passion, and creating something that is stable. Now, here are the things that will you should avoid if, or the behaviors you should avoid if you want to have a relationship that works. One, procrastination that, you know, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll think of, you know, doing this behavior later or um, there's the relationship should just show up. Look, if you don't make yourself magnetic, it's not going to happen. Silence, uh, not talking about what you want or not saying the things that um, are an issue for you. Hoping to get something. Hope is, it's a very crowded, it's a crowded island. Don't hope for something have a voice about it. Being needy, that's just, sorry, that's just not attractive. Being needy is like being cheap, unattractive. And being unrealistic, if you are not someone who is, you know, the the eight or the nine, then, you know, then be realistic about who you're going to be appealing to. If you are someone who is 45 years old, don't be thinking that you're going to be who someone who is 23 is going to be attracted to. That's not necessarily the case. You have to have clear eyes when you're looking at, you know, who you're going to, what is going to be something that's going to work. Dream boards are great, but here's the thing about dream boards. You have to make sure that you have a plan to to get them. So putting something on there, great, fine. And then the other thing, dishonesty. That will take you out of a relationship faster than you have any idea because if you are hiding something, you're not going to be able to show up organically. And we're coming up to our first break here. And what I'm going to talk about is the answers for this woman who said, look, I keep 
same mistakes going into a relationship. What do I need to know? What can you walk me through? And when I, I didn't get a lot of information from her, so I'm going to do a sort of an overview of what I, what I tell people are the steps to look at to get you on track to create something that will take care of your heart, your mind, and your body. Here come the tunes. Stay with me. I'll be right back with five simple steps for the great relationship. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you. But it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women Connect with other women. Hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being with me again. Before the break, I said I would talk about an answer to a woman who wanted to know, how am I going to, how do I get this, you know, the relationship back into my life or a relationship in my life? And so I did, I went through and I thought, okay, let me just, let me just go back and go through what I would say were, you know, she and I sitting together uh, having, you know, a coffee or whatever it might be. So her question was, I just ended another relationship, or so I thought I was in one, and much as I want to be in one, they always seem to end. Um, Any wisdom on how to make things last? This is a woman who wants to be married. She wants to have children. She is a professional. She knows what, you know, and yet she keeps making the same thing. So 
Here's what I said for creating your ideal relationship in five simple steps. Step one, honest and gentle review of your relationship history, okay? So first things first, do a gentle review of your relationship, past and present. So you may be in a relationship or you may not be, but in this case, she was not. What worked, what didn't, and then really focus on what and why certain parts of the relationship worked. Did you have great chemistry? Did you have great fun? Truly take responsibility for your part in why things did not work. And with as little emotional attachment as possible to what didn't work, and keep your attention focused on the good stuff. And I mean 100% about that, okay? Seriously, I get so weary listening to people talk about what went wrong. People say, oh, well, it ended badly. Well, you know what? When things are going badly, they do tend to end, you know? Whether it's a flat tire, whether it is a relationship, or whether it is a bad meal, it ends badly, right? So what you need to know is don't keep focused on what is not working. Look at what is. You will become magnetic about behaviors and things that worked if you focus on them, truly. I may, may sound woo-woo, but I'm telling you the truth. Have you ever noticed that person who they just are happy and they just seem to be lucky and they just seem to get luckier? Same thing. The people who they seem to, you know, would say, was, I don't know if it's Donald Trump who said it, but someone said, the harder, the, work, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Same type of thing. So, you know, if, for example, you know, look at the things that, you know, that are magnetic and things that worked. So if, for example, you want someone who loves his family, this person was great with your cat, this person made me laugh, they were the smartest person I knew, look at the things that did work for you. Um, I am well reminded of my uh, sister-in-law when she, it would say she is still married to my brother, and she said, I have chosen to focus on what he does that works. She said, I could make myself insane if I consistently focused on what didn't work. Because she said, there would be plenty for me to look at. But I realize I want this relationship to work. So I'm focused on what he does that works for me and for our family. So again, when I wrote... The Great Lover Playbook, that was one of the things that I remember being told. And I was probably 10 when she said that, and I've never forgotten it. So here's, so step one is being honest and gentle review of your relationship history. Step number two, what or who are your love relationship role models? Okay? And... If you're struck, if you're stuck, pardon me, on drama-filled relationships or rom-com movies as your love template, I think you need to put on your big girl shoes and look around at who is in a happy relationship, be they straight, uh, LBTQ, gender querying, whatever. Because what you want to do is, and the why of that is because you'll be seeing real people with real lives having real issues who choose to be together 
And a lot of their deciding to be together is based on how they are respected and treated. And everyone has a different parameter for what is respect or, or what they, you know, how they want to be treated. But I will tell you, respect is truly something that there's just certain things you won't do if you respect someone. There's certain things you absolutely will do. So that's the thing. You can watch them and study their behaviors. What and how do they talk to one another? Are they, are they kind to one another? Do they like one another? There's a book that I've been reading. It's entitled Love Without End, Jesus Speaks. Now, you have to understand, it's by Glenda Green. You have to understand, I am not a uh, organized religion person. Never grew up with any organized religion. However, like I think it's on Match.com, now more people say that they are spiritual but not religious. I absolutely know that there's something other than who we little human beings are. I mean, it, it would be so astonishingly arrogant of we little humans to think, <laughs> or the top of everything that's occurred in this universe. Uh-uh. Sorry, lamb chop. Not happening. But what we do have is this unity and the awareness that we are all one. And one of the things in uh, the book that I was reading this weekend is that the heart is your higher intelligence. So when your heart, the, the intelligence of your heart is so much smarter than the intelligence of your brain. And the first thing your heart intelligence knows is that there's the unity awareness. The second is love. There's seven con sort of concentric circles to what the, the love without end is that your heart knows. So there's unity, part of this entire thing. Then there's love, and love of a an awareness of that we are all born of this. We are all created from this. Then there is life and how life is treated. Then there's respect, interestingly enough. Then there is honesty. And the next is justice. And the final one, and this is where I talk about this, kindness. Are you kind to people? And this is something that will give you an awareness and a compassion that will change who you are and how you relate to people. So when I say to this woman, Look at these people and look at how they interact with one another. Do they respect one another? Are they kind to one another? And there are many times I've heard people say, yes, well, I really love them, but the behaviors they're doing aren't very loving at all. And this is the things that, you know, these people who that you're going to use as your role models, hey, look, their lives aren't always easy or simple. I mean, they too have issues. You know, jealousy or frustration with the partner's money habits, yet the issues aren't a deal ender. They, you know, look at step one for yourself, you know, the, general, the review of your relationship history, and see if perhaps, you know, you have ended things because of deal breaker patterns. And I, I've heard people say, oh, I simply can't be in a relationship with that person um, because, uh, they were starting to go bald. Really? <laughs> and yet, 
they're being very honest. I can't possibly be in a relationship with that person, even though they have every single one of the traits that they want, because they're three inches shorter than they thought they should be. Well, I would ask someone, you know, can you do a little growing up here about knowing that the physicality of someone is one part of them, but the real gift that you're getting is the soul that they're bringing in and what their soul can give to you. When people say, oh, I want my soulmate, they think that that person is supposed to be all, you know, you know, bows and charming and everything's really wonderful. Au contraire. No, your soulmate is the person that introduces you to some of your toughest lessons. And one, and one of the next segments that I'm going to be talking about is what do you do and how do you get back when you've lost the thing? So, but here's the thing. Look at step one and see if perhaps things ended because of your own deal breaker pattern. Did the person stop being in a job that you thought they should be or they changed their look, they gained 15 pounds? Something changed on a physicality level, but their value system was still the same. I, wa- I really ask people to be very honest about that one. Hey, listen, I have to put my hand up and say, I have had my share of uh, looking at my own patterns of how I, you know, ended relationships. And some of them are pretty ouchy to look at. You know, it's kind of like, geez, I was pretty freaking shallow. Um, however, I do think I have grown as a result of that. Step number three, why would someone want you? So... This is the heart-to-heart with yourself and what you bring to relationships. What are your qualities that make you magnetic? And believe you me, if you think it's your job or the size of your wallet, you are making your attraction factor be something that's outside of you. It's not something that's inside of you. Now, and if you are very attractive, be aware that, too, is a varying asset. So... Thinking that, you know, the only reason that, you know, someone's with you is because you're incredibly attractive, well, that might be, yet if that's the only thing, that is likely to change, and it's not going to be something necessarily over which you have complete control. So I ask you, you know, ask a wise and supportive friend who, what your best qualities are. Sometimes we can't see in the mirror, so... Ask them to tell you, what are my top three qualities? What makes me really, you know, appealing to people? And you might be surprised. Be grateful that you have those traits because organically, that's what makes you, you. Thinking it has to be an outfit or thinking that it has to be the color of your hair. No, that there's something energetically that we all each have that's unique to us that someone else doesn't have. I can tell you, I have three sisters. Older sister, younger sister, identical twin sister. None of us are appealing to the same people. None of us attract the same people. And none of us are attracted to the same people. So you are unique in what you attract. So when we come back, I'll go with steps four and five on creating your ideal relationship in five simple steps. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you. But it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Working your lower body with weights and targeting your hamstring, quads, and glutes pays great dividends. Not only are you strengthening those muscles, you are sculpting them, making them firmer and more defined. One of my favorite lower body exercises is wall squats with the ball. Place the stability ball, those are the big exercise balls, between your low back and the wall. Lean against the ball so that your feet are planted about 12 inches in front of you. Slowly lower your body so that your thighs are parallel to the floor. Do not go lower than 90 degrees at the knees. Straighten the legs and squeeze your glutes as you come up. Repeat for three sets of 15 reps. Remember to keep the weight on your heels and don't let your knees extend over the plane of your toes. Go at your own pace and make those muscles strong and shapely. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Before the break, I was talking about the I was talking the list of the for the woman who wanted to know how can I create the you know type of relationship that I want because she wants one. And the first thing I said is honest and gentle review of your relationship history. Step two, what or who are your relationship and you know love role models? You may discover that you've got some that are complete freaking disasters. And number three, why would someone want you? So if you have this person that you think is going to be absolutely astonishing, then you got to make sure you're astonishing because this is uh, what you are looking for. You pull in what your thoughts are. If you know, listen to something from Wayne Dyer. His uh, I think it's called Strive. Is it Strive? Uh, he has just put it up. You know, post his passing that people can listen to it for the shift, pardon me. And what it really is about is that, I mean, our thoughts are so magnetic that when you feel so good about yourself, that is, I mean, that is an awesome thing. But you also have to be really honest of, you know, what it is. And where I got this idea, why would someone want you? This comes from Darren Hardy. And he is the editor of Success Magazine. 
believe he's the owner and editor of Success Magazine. And when he was looking to, for the type of woman that he wanted in his life, he had like something like 17 pages. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. And yet all of a sudden when he looked at this, he went, whoa, if this woman is going to be this amazing, why would she want me? So he started working on himself. And then when he met his wife, she was everything and more. And um, Omal, you know, Almudin, who married George Clooney, her friend in London said, oh, my God, there's no way you're ever going to get someone who is like this. And Amal was very clear that this is the type of person she wanted to have as a life partner. Now, here's the thing, people. It doesn't have to take 20 of them. It only takes one, right? So, but make sure, why would someone want you? And be really clear with yourself. And be really clear about what you're bringing to the party. Step four, you have to be okay with where you are right now. I hear many people talking about, oh, I'm always alone. I'm so alone. And it's just like this sad sack thing of like, stop it. That's really unattractive. And that just speaks of desperate. And then what it does is it sets up someone who comes in who will take advantage of something. Again, that's not appealing. What you have to have is something where you know, you know, you have to be okay with being single. And note I didn't say being alone. So, and when people say you have to love yourself first, they are telling you the truth. Because if you think someone else is going to bring in you feeling whole or complete you or fill a hole in your life, that's the foundation for needy. And that, as I said before, like being cheap, is very unattractive in a relationship. It's also, this is, you know, the, it's also why I say when you will see, you know, incredibly wealthy people marry incredibly wealthy people because then that's not an issue because many times people who have money worry that the reason someone's attracted to them is because of the money and not because of them. So if it's a level playing field, they know that's okay. So if it's a level playing field that you really like yourself and you really love yourself, there are not going to, there will be other people that you will not attract into your life. They can't be there. Your vibration is different. They just can't. And there are other people who you'll just look at it and go, thank you, but you know, uh, I'm going off to another barbecue. This is not working for me. You will be Take care of yourself because you love yourself enough not to stay in something that doesn't serve you, right? So, you know, you have to be okay with being single and you have to love yourself. Now, here is step five. Listen to them when they tell you what they are the first time you meet them. Most people will tell you straight out of the gate. I am interested in being with something. I don't want to get married. I react to stress and disappear the way I do. I do this because of my alcoholic parents. Um, I don't want kids. I'm only interested in this stuff. They will tell you. And if they do tell you, listen. (laughs) The reason they're telling you this, and particularly if this is a, you know, a straight relationship and you are a woman, the majority of straight men will tell you straight 
out of the gate exactly where they're coming from. They will tell you. And they will either tell you with sentences or they will tell you by behavior. Listen and pay attention. There, when partners meet who they know they want to be with, their reaction is very different than when they're with someone who does not have, they, they don't have that click with them. And I love when I read these articles, have him fall in love with you. What a bunch of crap. I mean, I am so sorry. That is just designed to sell more product that is like, seriously? I mean, all you have to do is look at the bad makeup ads. For the majority of men, or the majority of people, they want someone who looks more like who they are. They don't want someone who looks like a cartoon. And so when, you know, thinking that something externally is going to be the thing that is going to be the reason someone stays in a relationship with you, not likely, truly, not likely at all. For most people, the main reason that they stay in a relationship is they are proud to be with that person, period. And if you do things that don't make them proud or that they don't like to be around, then don't expect to see a lot of them because you won't. So that's why, you know, the, the, the party hardies, yeah, you may be there for a period of time, but that's not for the long term. You'll be a sort of a blip on a screen. And, but you really want to just do your homework when you're doing, when you're looking at who you want to be in a relationship with. Because this is, life is fast, people. It goes by very, very quickly. You have got to take advantage of the time that you have here. And you've got to make sure, because when people are on their deathbed, one of the biggest things that they say is, I wish I had lived my life for me and not for someone else. I was just reading, Helen Mirren made this thing as she turned 70, and she said, she said, the one thing that I would have done more in my life than I would have told my younger self, I would have told more people to fuck off. I thought, there you go, straight forward. And that is something that you need to know. You have absolute permission to put your boundaries in place and to say, you know what, this works for me and this does not work for me. So I hope that helped, you know, that first thing, honest and gentle review of your relationship history. Number two, what or who are your relationship role models? Three, why would someone want you? Four, you have to be okay with being single where you are right now and loving yourself. And number five, listen when the person tells you something when you meet them. They will likely be telling you the truth. Don't think you're going to be treated any differently. Do not think that, you know, oh, it'll be different with me. No, it won't. They know who they're looking for as well. So thinking you can do something, women often think, oh, well, I'll have sex with them and that'll make all the difference in the world. No, sorry. I mean, now with between Tinder, between anything that happens, I mean, hookups, this is like for most men, particularly if they're in an area that is a, you know, a larger metropolitan area, that's like shooting fish in a barrel. There are so many women that are just sort of like, okay, this is going to be, you know, uh, 
an important currency for me. No. If they don't respect you enough, and if you don't respect yourself enough, that's up to you. But it really does make a difference, truly. If there isn't something where you are taking care of you and you make you feel special, sorry, uh, may sound old-fashioned, but I'm telling you it's what the world, it's how the world functions. So next thing I'm going to be talking about is how do you deal How do you come back from loss? Because when you lose a relationship, when you lose a loved one, when you have anything like that impact you, it can be so derailing that it's almost like you don't trust your judgment any longer. And it's not about you. It's more about being able to go back and Look at it. Remember I talked about doing the, you know, the review of things? Go back and look at what, you know, what and when and what do you do when you do suffer a loss? Do you do, do you withdraw? Do you become, you know, paralyzed? Do you feel embarrassed? Do you feel alone? And all of these are things that happen to people because sometimes you get blindsided by a loss, whether it's a death or whether it's an abrupt breakup. And one of the things that uh, when we talk about, you know, stress and and your heart, there's a a quote that if you have stress about something, and this is from The Heartbreak, it's a book by um, uh, Marie-France Nouvel and Catherine Athens, And it says, scientists have found that unmanaged emotional stress, which is often what people have when they go through a loss, is as much as six times more predictive of cancer and heart disease than cigarette smoking, cholesterol, or blood pressure. Now, that's a little bit of an eye-opener, isn't it? I'm kind of like, seriously? And when we are in a state of stress, sometimes... We don't even know it. And that person is um, The Instinct to Health by David uh, Servan Schreiber. So we're coming up to our next break. So when we come back, I'm going to help you walk through, if you've had a loss, what you can do, some exercises, and ways to be kinder to yourself so you can get back out and reconnect. Here come the tunes. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Welcome to Toginet, cutting-edge radio. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. 
Sherman is known as the real world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion. Every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, and thank you for being with me. Uh, before the break, what I was speaking about is that when our sexual health is also part of, you know, how we deal with things that change and impact our lives. And one of the big things that often impacts our health and our sexual health is loss. And whether that be the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, the loss of our, um, what we perceive as the loss of our health, the loss of a relationship ending, all of these can be hugely impactful on your, on your body, on how you relate to the world. And I, as I said before, I find it really quite fascinating that we as human beings are all born of sex, even though I do think some people are some science experiments, but that we're all born of sex, we all come from this main source of energy, this, this unity, this one place, and we're all going to die. We're all going to leave these little suits we call bodies. But the two topics that we have a lot of issues talking about, one of them is sex, Woohoo! By the way, the book that I talked about at the top of the show, uh, Sex is a Funny Word by Corey Silverberg, great book for anyone who, with children or anyone who wants to initiate a conversation about anything. And there's things in there that for, for many adults, they won't even have an awareness of. Um, but when I look at, we don't talk and we don't educate well about sexuality, and this is something that Dr. Joycelyn Elders actually says, that it is criminal. She's the former Surgeon General. She's a pediatric um, endocrinologist, and as an MD, she said, I would watch these young girls getting pregnant at, you know, 12, 13, 14. She said, these bright young minds, and she said their lives would just go into frickin' eclipse. And she said, it is criminal that we do not have good sexual health education, which is why we now have the Joycelyn Elders Chair in Sexual Health Education at the University of Minnesota Program in Human Sexuality at their med school. Uh, the seated chair uh, is Dr. Michael Ross. That is a crucial chair for um, development of programs and curricula. Anyway, let's go to laws. And the thing that really struck me is over the weekend, uh, first off, I'm going to be seeing a girlfriend of mine tonight whose beloved husband, who she met, it was her second husband, they met and it was just like click. 
died very suddenly uh, three months ago, four months ago. And we're having dinner tonight. There's another friend and I. And my best friend lost her husband 18 months ago. Again, very suddenly. And for both of them, they have said that to lose someone like this, it's like there isn't any place where they can really talk. And people say some of the goofiest things to them that, and yet they feel so alone and so isolated, and yet what they're going through is what everyone will go through. So I want people to have, you know, a better way of dealing with loss. And also, reading about the the Dubai Sheikh, who at age 33 dies. Now, anytime there's a 33-year-old male who dies suddenly, you have to wonder what is going on here. To my first thing that popped into my mind is cocaine and uh, whether or not that's the case or not the case. But what a loss for his family. He's the eldest son. He uh, He's gone. All of his future is gone. All of his potential is gone. And that's often what people will say is that they, when they lose a relationship or when something, you know, when something, uh, when they lose uh, a friend or when something um, ends the job, they go, they, they suffer this loss and then they go, oh, was what, what part did I play in it? Chances are not a lot. But then what you also have to look at is how do you see your future without that? So let's say you're coming back from the loss of love in your life. At that point, you have to, it's like any time there's a loss, you have to go through the stages of grief. It's very, that, that is the shock, the disbelief, the bargaining, the acceptance of it, and then the moving forward. And no one can go through it except you. And if you think the only thing that is going to help is getting right into another relationship, no. And it's like you have external wounds. You also have internal wounds. And if you thinking that, you know, immediately having someone else come in, if you are in a state of being, you know, like not feeling great about yourself, what do you think you're going to pull in? I remember this one guy saying, he said, I have, he was going through a divorce. He had let his body go. He was not doing a lot of stuff. And he goes, oh, my God. He said, I've got to get to the gym. He said, I can't go out there. He said, I look like bruised fruit. He said, no one's going to choose me. And you know what? He was right. And he was because what he was realized is that he was in a world where he had to be you know, this is what the competition is. If you are a woman who is looking for a man and you are in, you graduated from college, you've got the education, you've got, and you want someone who has also graduated from college, be aware that it's like there's, you know, like 23, 30% more women who graduate from college and university than men. So that means they're looking, their pool of who they're looking for is smaller. But when you lose something that you thought was yours, here's the one thing I'm going to give you permission on. Please do not feel that it was 
all your fault. Things occur for a number of reasons. And also, believe and trust your own judgment. Because that's one of the big things when people go through a loss of a relationship, is that they, they then feel they cannot trust their judgment. And I went through that when I went through my divorce. I was like, wow, how did I not, how did I not see this? And yet... When I looked at things afterwards, I learned a lot of things when I went through that marriage. I learned, be careful what you ask for. It will show up. I also learned, be aware that if you think, you know, there were warning signs that I should or could have paid attention to. I also learned that I could only be responsible for what my behavior was, and I, just one person by themselves, cannot make a relationship work. So you may think there's a loss of a relationship, but you have to realize it may not have been perceived that way by the other person. Um, If someone has left this planet, that's another matter altogether. I will give you a little tip if you would, you know, have someone who is dealing with this, please, please, just listen, and listen really, really, really well. And don't say the little laudits and plaudits of, oh, well, it was meant to be. It's like saying to a woman who suffered a miscarriage, oh, well, apparently God had other plans. Do you know how much she wants to put a pitchfork in you? Trust me. Do not say things that are just, you know, like sort of haphazard, you know, like offhanded remarks. When people are dealing with loss, it is a very vulnerable place for them. They may feel ashamed. They may just be. They may just be just heartbroken. And really, your heart can break. There's lots of neural tissue. There's lots of nerve tissue in your heart, and it responds very powerfully to your subconscious mind. So, and I was watching Oprah's show, uh, Super Soul Sunday, and uh, shoot, I can. Gonna draw blank, and she was saying, "If you don't know about the subconscious, Google it." And I thought, "Thank you," because that really is the thing that runs your entire system. Your subconscious brain, even if you don't know it, is running your life, and you can get in touch with it through. Um, I do uh, coaching for subconscious release technique. I also I can do them in step-by-step patterns for people, and this is one of the fastest, quickest way ways that people can release things that have been running their lives. So if you have suffered the loss of a partner or the loss of a relationship or loss of love in your life, be gentle with yourself, and you can, you know, you can review, you can take time to heal, You can be responsible for what happened. That's one of the biggest things that I had to learn is that I couldn't have, you know, my former husband wasn't the villain. This is something we both had to go through. I consider him to be one of my soulmates because I learned more about relationship, more about marriage, more about things than anyone could have ever taught me, period. And, you know, if you've had the loss of a family member or a sibling that has been, 
derailing. Um, I know someone that just went through the loss of, you know, their their best and closest friend who was their sister who they got absolutely blindsided by this. And they're still, they, they literally had to get to the point where they were okay if they never saw them again, as heartbreaking as that was. They literally had to get to that point. And because it was about self-care. Remember I talked about you have to love yourself first and you have to be okay with being alone? It was truly about the self-care and self-love for herself. Because prior to that, she was so paralyzed by the behavior of the sibling because this was such a, a complete, completely aberrant shift of this person. She was no longer the person she recognized or knew or could talk to. So for those of you, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please remember there's qualities that will keep relationships together. There's all kinds of qualities that will break them up. You have step-by-step ways to create and bring someone into your life. First thing you have to do is that you have to be really honest about you and your relationship history and what you have as role models, why would someone want you, and then be okay with being single and then listen to what they first tell you. So if you have any questions, you can reach me at uh, on Facebook or office at loophatchet.com. I also do coaching for people who are looking to create their new relationships, and I can do this in one session for you. I only want you to get the information, get the results, and be on your way. Enjoy. Have a fabulous rest of the week, and thank you for being with me. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 